This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making this program part of your day, as you do every day, Monday through Friday, at the same time. And I'm hoping that you're telling your friends and family about the show, and I hope you find it interesting enough to spread the word for me, and I appreciate that. Well, we saw some interesting movements again today, and as we've been talking about volatility, we're seeing it in September, and we should see it continue into October. That's the two months of the year that we have the most volatility on historical terms. And this September has not really changed uh, that my, that scenario. It's following that path. It's still not severe volatility, but it's certainly more volatility than we've seen in recent months. The Dow surged today. Best dead five days in the last five weeks. Uh, so the S&P advanced, NASDAQ rose, but the NASDAQ is kind of the one that's the weakest and that's not supposed to be usually the nasdaq leads but and the nasdaq led all this year up until a few weeks ago Hmm. i wonder why the change well we do know why i've been talking about the fang stocks anyway we are two-thirds through september and fall arrives tomorrow so of course fall for us here living in southern california you don't really notice it it's not fall like I, I worked nine years on the East Coast in New York City area, and uh, yeah, you guys get real fall. We don't uh, down here in Southern California. Um, you know, it's it's. I love fall, even in Southern California. At least the nights get cooler, but the days just slowly get less hot. There's not going to be any changes, but we are watching changes in the market. Will we see another? Will we see a market downturn? There was a story posted today that said that we were. Another story on MarketWatch.com. The headline read, Fed has to start considering the risk of a recession. Uh, and it was written by a former Fed governor, Larry Mayer. So the Fed has to start considering the risk of another recession. Well, they have, they're not so far, that's for sure. Now, we talked a great deal yesterday about the you know, the crash in 1929, the last couple of days we talked about that, and whether anyone could use historical facts to predict what the next crash or recession might occur. And I just don't think it's that, it's not that clear. It's not really possible. No matter how smart or experienced you are, it's very, very difficult to pinpoint a start date for a recession or a market meltdown. You just, it's just, you can see Okay, maybe in broad strokes you can see it. Broad strokes means that you can't, you know, you within a few months maybe you can see it coming. Maybe six months, but that's about as close as you can get usually, and that's not even accurate all that time, all the time. Now here's an interesting financial financial fact: household net worth in the second quarter climbed two point one trillion dollars, driven mostly by the stock market. And house prices. And this is the natural result of the two circumstances, growth of the economy and the, the real estate sector has been doing extremely well up until we see some cracks this summer. But still, values are still going up. 
and that has driven the household prices up, and that has now, and so those two things have driven wealth. Okay, so that's what we're seeing. But the wealth is not for everybody. You do know that, right? We'll talk about that. But first, let's find out what questions our listeners have on their mind. Here's a call that came in earlier on our anytime listener line: eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, this is. John from New York. I have a question for Steve or Justin. I'm looking to take a position in Sally Beauty, ticker symbol SBH. Is now a good time to enter? If not, what would be a good entry point? Thank you. Okay, we happen to own SBH in a couple of our couple of our managed accounts. It's Sally Beauty Holdings and it's already made a very good run from $14 in August to now $18.38 here today. Up again today, what, uh, almost 2%. Operates uh, 4,963 beauty supply stores offering hair products and that, you know, that's the kind of thing. Um, and we bought it because of the valuations. Okay, uh, we bought it because it made $1.79 in 2017. It's going to make $2.12 this year, 18% higher, and about the same amount next year. So it's going to slow down its earnings. Uh, it's a very, you know, it's an $18 stock. Okay, and it's going to make $2.11. So you can see how in the, the five-year range is 6 to 23 on the PE, and it's at 8 right now. So even though it's moved up uh, from $14 to $18, and remember, that's four points. What's four points on, on $14? Okay, 25 30% already move up. See the problem? It's already moved up 30%, and you're thinking about buying it now, even though it's still inexpensive. I ha you still have to say that. I just think you might be a little late the game, and I think it would be better if it ever pulled back to around sixteen fifty. That would probably be a much better place. Sixteen fifty, seventeen dollars a share. That'd be a better place to pick it up. But I think you might be a little late. Okay, good call. Thank you. S B H S B H Sally Beauty Holdings. Okay, here's the good news. The combination of household net worth and nonprofit net worth rose to trillion dollars in the second quarter. The Federal Reserve made that announcement today. And we found this story on marketwatch.com, by the way. The two trillion, two trillion boost represents a seasonally, uh, an adjusted, a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 2.1% to a total of 100 and almost $107 trillion. Okay? And this, remember, this is just the last quarter. And it was driven, of course, by the stock market gains and value in real estate. That was a big driver of it. So if you're an investor and you own a home, you should be doing pretty okay. Of course, that's a general general comment. I mean, it's not, there, there are millions of variables that could make your situation very different. And it's important to stress again that the today's Fed report doesn't represent the experience for everybody, typical households, because 50% of all households don't own any stocks. A third of all households don't own their house. They rent. So they didn't benefit by those two appreciated assets. So there's quite a few people that did not benefit from this wealth effect. So 
bear that in mind. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not for everybody, but it is nice to know for those of you who have their 401ks and IRAs, you guys should have done pretty well, but not everybody. Um, and, and also those who own the house, but not everywhere either, because some houses in some parts of the country don't move hardly at all, value-wise. Now, so although there are some, they had some other interesting stats. Um, for instance, uh, there, you know, there's what are that? Oh, I'm trying to find that other stat. I thought it was interesting. Uh, household debt grew only 2.9 percent. That's low, by the way. Government debt actually fell four tenths of one percent. Corporations, uh, their their balance sheets, cash on their balance sheets fell a little bit. From 4.35 to 4.38 to trillion. So they paid a little bit of their debt off, but well, they by maybe increasing, well, decreasing their cash level. It's hard to know. Uh, there's a lot of numbers. I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers, and maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe you won't remember. But the big picture: the the, the economy is still doing very well, and it's still boosting assets. Okay, it's still doing that. That uh, will end at some time, sometime down the road, but not anytime soon. And at the same time, corporate America and now the federal government, after the passage of tax cuts and spending hikes, are increasingly adding debt. We know that. Corporate America and federal government adding debt. How much? How much will it? How much would it eventually affect the economy? We don't know. Just don't know. Okay, Justin and I always stress on talk. investors need to remember that financial variables and therefore market variations are complex. You just don't know. It's a big picture that you're trying to put together. Very big. So you, you, you need to learn more and more and more. And it's fascinating, I think. And I'm hoping that you'll take advantage of our experience and guidance in this way. Because we've been around and doing it a long time. I've been doing it, I hate to tell you how many years. Anyways, so we do have a lot of experience with that. So I encourage you to reach out to us through a message at investtalk.com or our call, KPP Financial Office and Dana Point. We are, all, we are ready to help you. We always are. We can offer talk strategies and can be both more secure or more profitable, you know, aggressive, non-aggressive. All it is is an effort to help you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. Give us a risk score, how much, how much risky you, gives you a number, and will tell us how, how much risk you're comfortable with, and then we can talk about it. Justin and I can use the results, and we'll get back to you with the information. Okay. Um, we're ready to take a first call. Our winter show is off and running, and we are taking your questions. Give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. 
It's hard to believe, but September is already two-thirds over. Here's a constructive idea. If you can find a few minutes to invest in learning how to improve your portfolio's performance, head over to investtalk.com. Read about one of the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And while you're there, be sure to take the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. For now, Steve's here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, the market was up today. The Dow's up 251 points. The Nasdaq up 78, and the S&P up 23. So we're seeing some increase in volatility. That's all it is. Today, I'm going to plan on talking about a lot of statistics. I'm going to want to talk about the yield curve. I want to talk about the LEI report, Leading Economic Indicator. And then I also want to talk about the Schiller PE. Do you know what the Schiller PE ratio is? Do you know what it is? But first, we're going to talk about Trade Wars Nuclear Option. It could be bad for Apple and Amazon. That's what an article here on, uh, I think it's MarketWatch was saying. And what's the nuclear option for China? Remember, there were, you know... Uh, President Trump increased tariffs, 200 billion. China came back, 60 billion. Trump says he's going to add some more tariffs, so we're having a tit for tat kind of thing. Well, you know, China, you know, there's a sub worldwide supply chain, right? And a lot of it goes through China because we've set it up that way. We let it be set up that way over the years. So China, is, because it's the least expensive place to make things and import raw materials and export finished or partially finished products and then finished somewhere else, you know, whatever. But it, they could restrict sales of material, equipment, and parts. Okay, that would really disrupt the U.S. manufacturer supply chain. Who would it hurt the most? Companies like Apple, where most of the iPhones are made in China. Uh, Amazon, Walmart, where, you know, a lot of products are made or ship through their China. So, you know, I don't think we should worry too much about this trade war situation because I just don't think it's getting out of hand, but it could. I'm just not worried about it yet. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and heading into this break, I want to remind you that Invest Talk is heard live every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time on radio and also live on internet streaming through investtalk.com. Please tell your friends, family, appreciate that. Tune in. I want you to tune in. And now lines are open. 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's only $9 per month. That's if you subscribe now and beat the coming October price increase. You're listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's start to Mark in San Jose. How you doing, Mark? Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, listen. AMD... Uh, it was hovering around thirty thirty one, and Steeple just up, upgraded to thirty eight dollar. What's your thinking? What's your thoughts? I think it's already. I think it's already made its run. It made it ran from uh, 
$10 back in April to $31. Okay, that's 200 you know, How many percent do you think is going to go up from there? It's not. Uh, well, I think it's I already mean, made its uh, run. It's got, it's got that Ryzen uh, chip that is a hell of a chip. And, I mean, Intel is selling 48. This one probably can go all the way to 38. I mean, Stiefel is a big company who, uh, who does a lot of uh, finance uh, advisory and stuff like that. I, I know who they are. Uh, anytime, okay, first of all, experts are always wrong. And I don't, I don't even exclude myself. I'm not excluding myself. But experts are always wrong. They always upgrade the, uh, upgrade to buy when they want to push the stock market higher and higher and higher. Everything's goodbye. I'm just telling you, this has already made a huge run. The P-E ratio uh, going forward is almost, what, 35-40. And they've already, everybody already knows that. Everybody already knows it. So they pushed up all the stock price. Could it go up to 38? Of course it could. But I think if you're trying to enter now, you're very late to the party, and the chances are good that you're too late to the party. Because you might go up to 35 and then 38, and then it could just tank on you because it's overvalued. Uh, it depends on, you know, how so long me, do you think the economy... I mean, overvalued stock, look at Tesla and Amazon. I mean, look at those. Oh, they I know. They're way overpriced, but they're still going up. Yeah. Yeah, okay, then buy it if you don't if you think it's just gonna keep going to the sky. Go ahead. But I'm just okay, telling no, no, no. you just, a lot I, of people I wanna get your ten cents in there too. Thank you. That's all I wanna. Thanks, thanks yeah, a lot. Th okay, appreciate the call. I'm just telling you the tech sector is full of stocks that are very, very pricey. When they will correct, I don't know. Will they correct? Yes. You know, how how hard will they get hit? I don't know. But I, I've seen this story too many times over the years. Too many times. We are too pricey on our tech stocks. Their earnings are growing, but not to justify many of the prices in a lot of tech stocks. Now, mind you, we just recently bought a tech company. There's, a, there's other tech stocks that are not that pricey. There are that I'm willing to buy. But they're at the other end of the P.E. scale, I can guarantee you that. The one we bought, P.E. is around under five. Still a tech stock. So it depends on what you want to. I don't like overpaying for stocks. I don't recommend it. Let's talk to Grant in Philadelphia. How are you doing, Grant? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. you hear me? Yes. Okay. So my question is, uh, my current employer, the 401k options, you guys always talk about it. Um, I'm 22 years old, and I'm starting to you know, set aside a good portion of my salary for retirement to get started as early as possible. Um, I was looking through the mm -hmm. list of funds that they offer, and the best one is VPMAX. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on this fund being um, probably the most gross-heavy fund possible since I'm only 22 years old. I want my money to be as aggressively growth as possible um, because I obviously I can't touch it for the next 40 something years. So I was just wondering, wondering what your thoughts were on that as the best option at my current employer. I think it's a good option. It's Vanguard prime cap Admiral fund. Vanguard is a very low cost fund. They've done very well over the years. And the only, the only, the only uh, issue I have with you, Grant, is you're 22 and you haven't experienced the bad part 
it's a bad time of the market. And I want to just warn you that this will fall at some point and you just keep investing in it. Don't worry about it. Don't even think about it. Just keep putting money in as it falls. Try to remember that when it yeah, does. So, so this I is a very good fund. Seven percent contribution, like from, or I'm contributing seven percent of my salary, and then my employer uh -huh. matches ten percent of my salary, and then up to four percent of whatever I contribute. So, and I'm doing a Roth 401k instead of a traditional 401k, and it's a hundred percent of my employer's contribution plus my contribution is going into this. So, would you say that's a good start for someone my age? Yeah. Yes, that is a very good start. If you keep doing that, you'll have a ton of money by the time you're 50, 60 years old. And and again, don't okay. worry about it when it falls, because it will fall. It yeah, goes I'm, up and down. I, I'm, has... I can't touch the money, so I have no emotional connection to it. You know what I mean? I just got to keep okay. plugging money yes. into it, even when the market's going as bad okay. as possible. And then just one That's quick great. question. That's um, I, have, um, I have about 100 shares of VKTX that I bought around a dollar and 27 cents this time last year. And it's about $20 uh, right now. When I okay, bought I'm going to have to take you after the, I, hold on. I got to, I got to take you after break. I'm up, a, I'm up against a hard break. So I'll take you after the break. Uh, tomorrow on Vest Talk, Costco Wholesale Corporation has been a steady climber for years. Will it continue to do so? We'll take a look at that. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our InvestTalk Insiders and gain access to our library of webinars, like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. This is InvestTalk. Please make sure you subscribe to the InvestTalk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then listen, rate, and review. Question. Have you thought about asking Steve Peasley for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. It's easy. Steve can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve will have unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go back to Grant. Grant, you want to talk about Viking Therapeutics? Okay. Yeah, so okay, back well, and in September... Um, I purchased about half of 1% worth of my portfolio as a spec stock, and um, uh -huh. now it has grown to about 5% 5, 5 of my portfolio, and um, uh -huh. I'm, I'm not sure what to do with the shares that I have. Um, they just got a price target increase to $48, um, and like mm -hmm. I said, like this is my spec stock, so it's not that much money. Like, it didn't start out as that much of my portfolio, but now it has you know, it's almost a 20 bagger, which I never thought would happen at any point in my life. So, um, what do I okay, do? Okay, so this is how you treat these, these, uh, th congratulations, and pat yourself on the back, but make sure you manage this properly. And how you would manage this is as it gets bigger and bigger, you, you cut back your position. You don't cut out, you just cut back. 
So I would, if it was me, I'd probably cut it back by 50% right now and omit, let it allow be 2.5% of my portfolio. Because these are the kind of stocks, not making any money. It's a story stock. It has a great story. It announced, you know, positive results from phase two study, you know, about diabetes drugs. Well, they got to now go through phase three. They got, and, and many, many of these drugs fail at phase three. So the first time that they, any hint that it might not do what it's supposed to be doing, the stock will crash. So I would, uh, and if it, if, it, if it does get through phase three and it's very good stock, this stock will be a thousand percent higher. So that's what you're dealing with. It's either going to go crash or be huge. Well, you've already made your money, so why not play with their money and make your, you've already made a big profit. So cut it in half, put that profit in your pocket, and then ride the rest. That's what I would do. Okay, Grant, appreciate the call. Thank you. VKTX is a simple, Viking Therapeutics. Let's go to Kairos in San Jose. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Thanks for Russ? taking my call. I have a very quick question on Micron Technology, MU. Is it a good time to get in? Okay, let's look at Micron Technology. Everybody's in love with tech these days. Huh? That kind of worried me a little bit. Micron has had a pullback, which is nice. Uh, Micron Technology makes DRAM... Uh, and flash memory chips, uh, it is a big company, big, 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 $53 billion. I don't know what's happening there, but it, it seems like they were having some technical difficulties. Anyways, it's growing 30, 40% sales. It was a year ago, it was growing 70, 80% sales. So it's still growing very fast. Earnings are going to go down 7% this year and then are down again next year. So another 13%. So it looks like, you know, it's not expensive. They're going to make $9.65 next year, but they made $11. They're going to make $11 this year. So it's a $46 stock. So that still means it's very inexpensive. Now, so it looks like it found a lot of support right around 40 The stock is worth at least about 60 so you can play the bounce because I think it's going to bounce. I'm a little concerned that why are earnings going down and sales still growing so much? Why that is happening, I would like to know why. Don't have a lot of debt, have a great return on equity. The numbers look pretty decent except for earnings per share are going down. I'm not sure why that is. They said they're going to repurchase a lot of their own shares. That will help them. So I think this probably is a good place to buy it and... I'm just concerned about the earnings next year, um, and I, it's it's because it, when you're looking at a four PE, three or four PE, it's a pretty good value, and you should get a bounce up. Mu, Micron Technology. See how that different that is from the stock before that we AMD, where their PE was fifty sixty. This PE is four or five. See now, don't, you don't go just by PE ratios. I understand that, but when you have a four or five PE with a growth rate of 30, 40% in sales, that's a pretty reasonable relationship. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, I want to talk about statistics today. I don't want to bore you to death with them, but 
I want to talk about some of the statistics. Statistics. You know, all these economic numbers come out every week. Some weeks have just a, a load of them, and some weeks lighter. Always not the same amount. But, you know, there's important statistics you should be aware of. And one of them is the yield curve. What is the yield curve? Okay, this is something that all of us, us people who keep track of the stock market, economists, everybody, watches. And we're looking at the yield, the yield of the 10-year treasury versus the yield of the two-year treasury. And the yield of a 10-year treasury today is 3.079%. And the two years, 2.8. So the difference in that, that the two rates, 3 to 2.8, there's a difference of 0.263. That's the difference between the long-term average of the 10-year treasury, the long-term yield of the 10-year treasury, and then the short-term yield of the two-year treasury. So that, we're looking at the curve of those, and you follow those yields, those two and 10-year long, and a yield curve is when, when they start migrating toward each other. And then we look for inversions of the yield curve. And what that means is when the two-year yield is higher than the 10-year, that is an inversion of the yield curve. It's inverted. Because it normally, the 10-year would pay more money you know, in interest to people who buy the 10-year bonds. They pay higher, 3.07% today. And usually, they'll, you get less for a two-year. Today, it's 28 now, so we watch this and see if it's squeezing. These two are getting closer and closer together, and they are, because last year at that time, the 10-year the was 3%, and the two-year was 2.2. So last year at this time, the spread between those two was about three-quarters of a percent. Now, they're about a quarter of a percent, meaning the two-year and 10-year are getting closer and closer together. Whenever you have an inversion where the two-year is higher than the 10-year, every time that's ever happened in history, you are either moving into recession or already in a recession. So you can see why we watch it. It's starting to squeeze. It's been squeezing this whole last year. Squeeze, 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 slowly squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And if the Fed raises short-term rates, which it plans on doing, won't that push up the two-year yield, getting closer to the 10-year yield? Hmm. Or will the 10-year yield go up too? See, yeah, that's what you're looking at, the relationship and whether it inverts. But of course, if it's already inverted, it might be too late. The market's already reacted poorly and fallen. But so you just watch it. You got to watch. It's getting closer. That makes me worried. I'm worried, and that's just one factor why I'm worried. I'm not worried today, but I'm worried for late next year. You're listening to Invest Talk. It could be middle of next year. I don't know. Remember, no one knows exactly. And you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to take a moment to thank you uh, to all the dedicated listeners who have been uh, with me for some time. And if you would like to meet, we could do so, do portfolio reviews during my next visit to San Jose. I'm taking uh, appointments on October 3rd. Uh, there are no more appointments available really for that day. So what we're going to have to do uh, is take your name and send a, a spend a, you know, figure out another day or, you know, 
uh, something. We'll do something. I'll be back there as usual. If I, if I have interest, I'll come back even sooner. So if you don't live anywhere in Northern California and you still want to do it, we can do it. I can do it you know, by phone, Skype. There's various things I can do. And the good news for NSDOC listeners in Southern California or anywhere in the country, you can reap the benefits of my no-cost, no-obligation portfolio reviews. You can't, anywhere. So get started. Send me a message through investtalk.com. Just use the portfolio view link or call me at KPP Financial Office in Data Point, California. I can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype. I can do any of that stuff. And yes, I'm very confident that I, you know, we, that I can use my 30 years of experience, 30, 30, 30, 40, 43 years of experience, I hate to say that, uh, to help improve your performance. I really can. So reach out if you want. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we are taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news. It's sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. The cost now through September is only $9 per month. And if you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. Remember, you'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Elias out in Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm calling to find out what are the advantages from day trading compared to, let's say, you bought a stock and you go about a week and you sell it. Is there not the same amount of tax that you would get off of a day trade than compared to what you would be taxed for a trade for less than a year. Thank you, guys. Look forward to looking to the answer on the show. Okay, you're talking about day trading versus swing trading. Day trading usually, uh, day trading is always you're in the position at the beginning of the day, and by the end of the day, you're out of the position. You buy the stock in the morning, you sell it in the afternoon. Okay, that's day trading. Swing trading, you buy the stock and it might be a week, two weeks, three weeks, but it's short term, usually not more than maybe four weeks, and that's called swing trading, okay? Both are extremely difficult to be successful at. Now, I'll warn you, you will be successful, you'll have your winners, but you will have probably more losers than winners, or you will have bigger losers and than winners. Maybe more winners than losers, but the loss will be bigger. Very common. So you get this uh, false sense of success because, gee, I made three trades, day trades today, two of them I made money on. I'm two-thirds, yay. But you end up net negative, okay? Because and it's all about controlling your emotions, which is extremely difficult when you're dealing with real money. I love it when people say, 
tell, tell me how they've been. Well, I've been doing it on paper, and I've been doing very well. That's way different than trying to do it with your own real money. Way different. Because when you do it on paper, you're not, emotions are not involved at all. You're just doing, yeah, okay, I'll just let it go. You don't worry about it. Fear and greed drive you when you're really doing your own money. So it doesn't really work, paper trading. It does not. And I'll warn you, most day traders go broke. Most day traders go broke. I can't say that about the swing traders because I don't know. Okay? What is a Schiller P.E. ratio? You hear me talk about P.E. ratios all the time. Okay? And the P.E. ratio I'm talking about usually is based on next year's estimates, earnings per share into today's stock price. So I'm looking at a forward P.E. What will the P.E. be next year? With if the earnings come through like they say they're going to come through. Many times they don't come through like they say. That could be a bogus. But that's the estimate. But that's the only way, thing we have. The, you also get a trailing P.E., which means the real earnings for the last 12 months into the price. And, but that's kind of worthless as you as an investor. Okay, it's worthless because it's already known. Everybody's already, the price is already built in. Everything's done. So, um, what is the Schiller P.E.? The Schiller P.E. is vastly different. It's still a P.E. ratio of the S&P 500. But what it does, it takes the last 10 years of earnings for the S&P 500 companies and averages them. Now, it does more than that, but I'm trying to make it simple. And it averages them and tells you what the average P.E. For the, for the last 10 years' earnings. What it's trying to do is encompass recessions and expansions of the economy and smooth out those earnings of the whole market and divide it into the price of the market. So you get a Schiller P.E. Right now, the Schiller P.E. is like around 33, something like that, 33. Well, is that good, bad? 33.3%, there it is. Well, the long-term historical mean is 16.9. When's the last time it was at 33? Well, it was in 1929. It was at, um, at 33. And in 2000, it was 44 or so. 2000 with the dot-com. Remember, all those dot-coms didn't make any money for years. None of them made money ever. So you can see why that's an issue. So now it's at 33, like it was in 1929. Hmm. Remember we're making some comparisons? Hmm. Looks high to me. Can it go higher? Of course, it went up to 43 in 1999. We still got about 10 minutes left, everybody. So let's talk about, let's talk about finance. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, Costco Wholesale Corporation has been a steady climber for years, but there could now be a bright red warning flag. Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Dinesh from Kansas City. I have a question about tech data, ticker symbol TECD. I recently got a position after it uh, dropped significantly after the quarterly results. I personally did not see anything alarming in the results. 
So I was just curious on uh, what your thoughts are. Love your show. Thank you. Okay, this is Tech Data, TECD, distributes peripheral systems, networking software, products through 27 logistics centers to $2.8 billion company. The stock price is $75 a share. They're going to make $9.77 this year. That's up 7% from last year. That's the estimate. And then $10.56 next year. That's another, what, 8% growth. And $10.56 on a $75 stock means a P.E. ratio is 7 to 8. And the five-year range is 8 to 16. Return equity is a little light for a tech company at 14%. And that's an issue. I don't like that. It should be higher. And debt is not too bad, but they're carrying some debt. And I don't like that for tech companies that are, you know, a mid-cap, small mid-cap area. And the problem I see, though, is sales are, sh are falling. Sales growth are, is falling. The growth is shrinking. It's still growing, but it went from 40% four quarters ago to 10% the most recent quarter. And that's why the stock fell from 107 down to 75. Sales growth. People were worried about it. Now, it's still very inexpensive at this price. It's inexpensive. So you might get a bounce back up to the you know, mid-80s, high-80s. I think that's where it might go back from 75. But I don't, you know, if they don't turn around their sales growth and get it growing again faster, the stock is not going to go anywhere. These growth stocks don't grow don't grow if the sales growth slows down. They will stop. Okay, that's all important. The growth of their sales and earnings. All important. Okay. Okay, do we talk enough about the Schiller PE? Do you understand what the Schiller PE is and where it stands? Now, how about the leading economic indicators? That report came out today for August. Leading economic indicators are put out by the conference board. Okay, the leading economic indicator was up uh, four tenths of one percent to a number of 111. Usually, they don't talk about what numbers they are, but it's at 111.2, and that follows a seven tenths percent growth in July and a five percent tenths growth in June. Now, the leading economic indicators is composed of ten components. Ten. And I won't go over all 10 because it's a little much. But I just want you to know that the last time this was this high, okay, um, was back in uh, 2006, okay? And the peak there was in March at 102. So notice, the remember that the recession didn't hit to 2008, and the LEI peaked in early 2006. Okay, so don't, you know, the market continued to go even after this is starting to, it's already peaked months ago. Okay, and right now it hasn't peaked, it hasn't stopped peaking, we're still going up. We're just getting to a pretty high number. Pretty high number, but uh, again, this is a, the leading economic indicators. There's also lagging economic indicators. You do not want to concern yourself with lagging economic indicators. You want to concern yourself with leading economic indicators and learn what they are. See, 
Part of your job as manager money is under an econ- understanding economics, not just the P.E. ratios, not just the sales growth and margins and return on equity numbers, but also the economy in general. What's going on? Because as the economy grows and shrinks, so do profits for corporation. Therefore, so do stock prices. So you have to pay attention to the stock prices and to the economy and to all this stuff. It's pretty, you know, complex, but it's learnable. You can learn it. It's all the time we have for today, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we put another show to bed here, driven by your calls and your questions. It's pretty fun taking your questions. I like it live on the show. But I remind you that you are welcome to leave questions on our Anytime Listener line, day or night, 888-99-CHART. And please come back tomorrow. Have a good evening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.